What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Uh, good old humor. You notice me unintentionally throwing in the what? Yes. Not mm. just you. Lee Sien Long also. Was it? Yeah. I realized that sometimes he says, what is the matter? Yeah, he says that as well. Oh, but he didn't like, it's not because of C- the CNY festivities. La. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's an older person thing. Uh, you, what? Yeah. Welcome to... What are you doing? Welcome to the... Where are you going? Age. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the old age, uh, yeah. <laughs> Emphasis. La. You have to put more energy into emphasizing your words, which I, which I, it is a legit thing. Mm. I do find that as I get older and a bit lazier, uh, I tend to, you know, not enunciate as much. or move want to move my face as much to enunciate properly. La. Oh, really? Eh? Mm. You gave me that great tip, what? Like, to sometimes when you want to say something and record something, you got to do it with a smile, right? So oh, like, I give you that tip. You uh. told me, oh. and, and you give you a smile, it forces you to activate your facial muscles. And so I've used that a lot more in like recordings and stuff. Oh, what? What? You gave me acknowledgement, public acknowledgement or something that I told you that was beneficial. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're an actor, right? You get uh, this tip from an actor, you have, to, you have to use it. Uh. It is true. And almost you can feel the emotion come through also when you smile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now nah, you can activate smile. the yeah. facial muscles. So anytime anyone listening, you have to get on a phone call with someone who you just need to kind of sound happy, even though you're not happy, just smile. Force yourself to smile. Yeah, yeah. You met Chinese New Year as you go around yeah. like, talking to people you don't want to talk to. Yeah. just put a smile on your face, just and somehow it's easier, la. It gets a bit easier. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't go creepy, la, You know, yeah, like yeah, sometimes yeah. when you smile and you just come off like a creep. But yeah, it, it helps. It helps. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. good? Uh, what, what good, good advice? Uh, advice. Yes. Yeah. So how are you uh the day before CNY? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You done your reunion dinner and all that already? No, not yet. It's tonight. I had some friends do reunion dinner oh, yeah, last yeah. week. No, so yeah, I, I think that's a good thing where people start to, you know, they reduce the stress of like having everything like oh, coalesce one into weekend, one eh? dinner. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's very stressful. But uh some older people still won't understand that that aspect of things. Like. So see. but I think it's good to spread it out, like, if you ask me. Like, because it always is, you know, when you're married or what, you've got different two families and stuff. And then you throw in your kids' schedules. Nowadays, we don't let the kids, like, follow our adult schedules. Like, it's more like the other way around. Like, we mm-hmm. impose a schedule for the kids and then and then we try and stick to it as much as we can. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, generational differences that like, I'm seeing, yeah. And also, like, when you put too much pressure on one thing, when things, like, don't go according to plan, then yeah. it's, uh, yeah, like, it's Actually, not ideal, like. That, that's the funny thing. Like, in the age of COVID, you would think that people would be more flexible already, like, right? They understand that if someone even just has a little thing like the sniffles, don't come near me, you know, don't come to the office, don't like that. Like. Mm. But it seems like we've reverted back to yeah. pre-COVID days already where like people don't care anymore. Yeah, I right? think so. I think yeah. so. I think, Crazy, yeah? yeah, I think like, I mean, it's like many things, right? There's also that that study of people who win the lottery or get mm. a windfall. Mm. Their their happiness or whatever sentiments increases for a few years, but after that, it reverts. Yeah. And I think we are all a creature of habit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all this is really relevant when talking about even the first topic we're talking oh, yeah, about. Yeah, it's true. Eh? How people suddenly, you know, like maybe, I mean, uh, being accused of sort of forgetting like what kind of crisis COVID was and and uh, how our sentiments yeah. have changed about it since, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true because, uh, I mean, there was a long debate in parliament yesterday. Mm. Uh, yesterday, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, like, um, more like February 7th, over the past few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was one mammoth, mammoth debate of seven hours mm. uh, about a certain motion that was filed, yeah. which we will jump into. Yeah. Uh, but before that, what's the regular spiel, Terrence? Um, if this podcast is accompanying you during this long weekend, this holiday, uh, maybe where you're trying to avoid uh, having to meet people or something like that, mm. uh, welcome. And please consider subscribing and following us. That's a little ang that you can give to us. Mm. You know, uh, it really helps. Uh, it, it, I think what, what I've learned is it helps, it trains the algorithm about um, how, how to feed our content to people, uh. Right, mm. I think that's the big thing. The algorithms are not like genius; like they're not like God mode. They know everything. They actually need to be trained in some way, lah. Right, mm. and and you helping to do that helps to train the algorithm to recommend our stuff. So like. you're saying like everyone should not ask what Reddit can do for them, but what they can do for Reddit, yes. or like uh, or YouTube, you, or YouTube uh, and everything. Yes, I see. And yes. actually, Yalabat is ask not what Yalabat can do for you. Or what you? you can do for Yalabat. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I just realized we're almost 
at 3k members of our sub- on our subreddit, you know. Oh, really? Oh, We're nice. at 2957 today. Can wow. you imagine if by the end of Chinese New Year, after we are back, it passes 3k? Oh, fantastic. It'll be magical, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so just follow us wherever you can. And if you want to work with us, we've actually got quite a few uh, emails about an internship. Mm. So mm. those who have email, you'll be hearing from us. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in working with us in any way, just reach out at contact at ministryoffunny.com. Yeah. Cool. All awesome. right. Let's awesome. jump right into it. This is one of those like parliamentary debates that uh, I actually really enjoyed reading up and listening to their speeches about it, uh, right? Because it really shows some philosophical differences between uh, PAP, opposition parties, and and, and yeah, and, and even the mannerisms and how they deliver the, the, the speech and all. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, there was a lot to get through. Um, but essentially, it was all around a motion that was filed by PSP um, about reviewing the the reserves. Mm. Um, and it was passed with some amendments. And at the end of the day, I think all the PAP members voted for and all the opposition uh, from WP and PSP voted against. Mm. But there was a seven-hour debate um, and um, like uh, some some very hotly contested things. But, but you know, you said it was very interesting to to look at and like to listen. But well, what stood out? Uh? Uh, I think because when the, the you know, whole Chinese New Year thing, uh, I think shout out to Lee Sien Long. I think I liked his, the jacket that he was wearing. Very uh, a pastel blue color. Mm. On top of everything, I think that 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 color suits him well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but it's nothing to do with Sienna. No, new. You know, Chinese New Year. There's always the new clothes. Maybe it's a new jacket or something. Oh, I don't know. I feel like I've never seen him wear this particular blue, color. Right? Yeah, pastel blue. Like mm. suits his white hair, everything mm. pretty well. Mm. Um, yeah, but um, quite quite cool. Uh. Maybe maybe there's something I need to look into mm. for as I as I want to age gracefully as well. Uh, mm. Wear this kind of pastel blue colors. Yeah. Yeah, that jumped out at me, like, his sartorial choices. Like, what? That jumped out. <laughs> the first thing like, I did I did notice, yes. Uh, I'll admit. Uh okay. So for me, what jumped out, I mean, it took a while to kind of understand the main crux of the debate. Yeah. And some yeah. new terms also like, about uh, you know, the NII, the NIRC, yeah. uh, the history of the uh the reserves. Yeah. And basically, like what you said, like, the vastly different approaches to it by both parties. Like, Wow, so, by all three parties. So intellectual, are you? Of course. People no, send you one YouTube video, you talk about, wow, oh, vastly intellectual differences, yeah. everything. And like the one by, by uh, PM Lee, which was 44 minutes, I watched it at three times now. Three times speed, sometimes mm. 3.5 or so. Is that a flex or is it like... Uh, no, I think it's more a flex for PM Lee. Because the way he enunciates, right? Yeah. When you speed it up, you still can hear the separation uh, of words. That's true. Some people, when they like, maybe not the most clearest enunciator, when you speed it up, you just hear gibberish. Like. I, I can't go above 1.75 times, I realize. Is it? Yeah. Even if I'm watching, I can't go above 1.75 times. Uh. That's my cap. Two times is like, feels just too much really. Normally mine is two is the max, but this one's something about PM Lee. Maybe you're speaking damn slowly in real life. Like. Mm, uh, and that's why like three times, uh, it was uh, it worked. Like. No, but even being... Not eating your words and enunciating is it's important. very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All the what's. Yeah, all the what's are you doing? Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So, if I were to kind of like summarize the, the main things that were discussed. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong because there's a lot to get through. Essentially, the main push by uh, the PSP and WP was that mm. the government should be more transparent about the reserves. Yeah. Uh, to the extent of, you know, saying how much there should be to facilitate better conversations about, okay, what do we set aside uh, to help the current generation deal with rising costs? Mm. Uh, and, you know, the one thing we keep hearing is that the reserves uh, need to be saved for a rainy day. And in 2009, during the economic crisis, and during COVID, we drew down a lot and it put us in a very good position uh, to have yeah. that luxury, yeah. right? Um, and then that, uh, that there, is, there is enough for the reserves, reserves to accumulate over time because... There is, you know, the value of land. Mm. Uh, I think Pritam brought it up. I think Young Man Y brought it up. Because essentially, if the value of land is added to the reserves, then, you know, with a 99-year lease, when people have to hypothetically return their HDBs to the government for free, yeah. uh, then the government can resell the land. All that is proceeds, la, mm. right? Um, and then the, the formula, which I didn't know much before, the NIRC formula, yeah. which is... Okay, so... So basically, the reserves, if I were to summarize what I understand to be the history, right? When Go King Sui became president, they figured out, oh, reserves, we have nothing. Became president? 
Koking Sui became finance minister. Mm, mm, not president. Yeah, not president. Yeah, yeah. finance minister. Mm. Uh, as part of the first government. Yeah. They were like, okay, there's nothing in the reserves. We need to start thinking about how to save. So over the years, I think it evolved from okay having these reserves to uh, it was first the NII, which is the net investment, investment income, income. Yeah. Which is all the proceeds from the dividends. And yeah. So it's literally cash in hand already. La. Like you get paid. Hand. You get paid. Even if you buy stocks, sometimes when they issue dividends, yeah, you get yeah. paid cash, la, right? Yeah. So and that investment income is like you think of it as like the cash that you get from your 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 investments. Yeah. yeah. And it started off by saying the government could spend hundred percent of it. Yeah. Right? Then it was only in the nineties when Ong Teng Chong became president. He it was during that time where they tweaked it to uh include the income gains through uh just the, the capital gains of the assets as well. I thought it was later. Oh, so Is this that, was the fifty fifty. Yeah, Ong Teng Chong introduced fifty fifty rule uh, where mm. we say fifty or not say introduced, but I think he started to ask questions of spending yeah. all your net investment income and started to say, hey, why don't we, uh, I think then the that time what they decided was to save 50% and spend 50%. Huh? Yeah. But, so basically what they said initially was, okay, we have these things investing, everything we get back, we can spend all of it. Yeah. So then he said, okay, you never know what the world is going to be like in a few years. Instead of spending everything, we save half and then spend half. Yeah. So basically saving more. Like. Yeah. Then after that, there was a discussion um, uh, I think even PM Lee was involved mm. f- to change it to the NIRC, which is the net income. What's the R? Net investment returns oh. uh, contribution. And yeah. how is that different from NII? So I think, and all this credit to Lee Hsien Long, I think he laid it out very yeah. nicely, step by step, in a chronological order that uh, even for us, like, you know, having studied finance and all that, all, yeah. uh, also is a, it helps our understanding. Uh. Uh, there was a, because they started to accumulate a lot of wealth in the in the form of uh, stocks, la, you know, buying stocks in the public market and shares in companies and all that. They, uh, some of these, com- what his examples like Facebook, la, some of these, if you bought Facebook at IPO uh, and then if you still ho- held on to the stock until now, the value of the stock has gone up like 12 times or mm. something like that. Mm. But they've never actually paid a dividend. Like what we said earlier, they never actually pay you cash just for, based on that. La. And now they are starting to. But that means all this time they've owned a Facebook stock. Does it mean that your the what you've earned from it is zero? Mm. No la. So the idea is capital gains. Uh, capital gains meaning like your stock price go up means yeah the the value of the stock that you the the value of the stock price going up is considered like capital gains uh, like something that you earned on paper la, right mm. theoretically no cash but on earn on paper. So the net investment uh, return uh, contribution contribution. Uh, I think the net investment uh, return la, I think. Uh, the idea is that it takes into account that capital gains uh. that you get lo, from the three entities that manage Singapore money, GIC, uh, MAS. Tomas, MAS, and Tomasic, la, right? Yeah. So those three entities, the assets that where they the assets that they hold, the net investment returns from that. That means like if the the share price of the whatever assets they own go up, then they calculate that as a investment return. Mm. And the NIRC is basically taking that amount and then taking the net investment income from the past assets before this new formulation, and then take fifty percent of that, and that's the contribution that the government is allowed to spend. Uh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, it's increasing the pie from which the fifty fifty is split. Uh. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And taking into account that as as Singapore as a strategic investor, we actually own a lot of, uh, uh we own a lot of equity in in a lot of different uh companies and entities that that have appreciated over time. Mm. And reflecting that in terms of like, I'm uh, understanding that that has value and that we can use that to calculate on the investment return yeah. uh, and, contribution. And yeah. to have all that being saved, it it kind of gives us some wiggle room to deal with unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Like the economic yeah. crisis of 2008, 2009, uh, COVID. Um, so then... Once he laid that down, which actually it is quite informative, la. like mm. it was quite eye opening because I, I didn't watch the CNA documentary last year yeah. when they talked about the reserve. Did you watch that? Watch a little bit of it. Uh, and I'm assuming they explained it there, but like this 44 minute thing, if you can watch in uh, multiple time speed, doesn't have to be that long. It lays it out quite nicely. Yeah. Um, so that set the context. And then he did emphasize that there is no real correct value of how much you save. Yeah. Right? It is just something that um, has been. Uh, decided 50-50 and barring any huge reason why we should keep it that way. Yeah. Because the moment and, and he urged against setting 
uh, a benchmark because anytime you have more than that, that means, oh, it's like you can spend more. Yeah. Anytime you have less means, oh, we are screwed. Uh, but what WP and PSP were pushing, saying that, okay, maybe it's time to review it. Mm. Maybe it doesn't need to be 50-50, mm. right? Uh, I think uh, w- the Workers' Party specifically said up to 60% instead mm. of 50%. Mm. And that it doesn't need to be set in stone. Yeah. Uh, that maybe some years can be higher, some years can be lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with PSP. Mm. So, so, I mean, and there was a lot of back and forth and got, got, got a bit quite feisty also. Yeah. I think yeah. between Indrani and uh, Pritam yeah. and Indrani and uh, Leong Manwai. Yeah. Uh, PM Lee and Pritam so so I mean with all that context right from the from how it started to how it ended like well, what, what was what was your thoughts uh? um, yeah like what we mentioned earlier mm. uh, that you can see uh, some philosophically different approaches to it right mm. the idea is how much do you need to save uh, you know for future generations of Singaporeans because it's also I mean it's considered their money also right uh, versus like how much do you want to to spend now to s- alleviate the the problems that people face now like right mm. rising rising costs and everything so I think Jameis Lim also came out and said like you know that's it's kind of like yeah we it's of course it's prudent to save but but if if we're doing it at the expense of people living now and and really making their lives uh worse or anything right? by by refusing to to spend is that necessarily a good thing uh? mm. so those are quite big philosophical differences when you think about it like, right if you think about how to approach this idea of of spending now versus uh saving for later like, right mm-hmm. and uh but i think one thing about the pap side of things is they're kind of saying let's not change anything if it's not broken like, right Whereas what I'm hearing from the opposition side of things is that why are you guys not ref- uh, why are you not acknowledging that something is broken if people now are suffering like, right mm-hmm. that is how I saw it in a very simplistic way how about how about you like what do you get from it uh, I mean it reminded me of conversations I have with my wife oh okay about spending and saving and and along those lines uh, because on one hand you know like okay let's say you bring it down to a micro level between you and your partner or even like when it comes to business or yeah. like uh, anyone that you have uh, 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 um, like a shared financial responsibility. Mm. There is this notion, let's say bring it down to a couple level. La. There's one thing, okay, you can save and save and save. But if you're always stressed out, mm. you know, maybe once in a while going on a short trip, mm. it might help you be a bit more relaxed yeah. such that you can perform better in mm. the coming months and then save more. So it's a win-win. La. Yeah. But, that's why I, I agree that it's like almost two philosophical differences mm. that are going to be hard to like debate. La. Yeah. And of course, the PAP has the advantage that, I mean, it's people within the PAP who have knowledge about the, how much is in the reserves. Mm. Whereas the opposition, I don't think they do. La. Yeah. So then it becomes like, at least between me and my wife or like between couples listening, you all can just check your bank account and look. La, right? yeah. But for the opposition, it's like they don't know Mm. And because of that mystery, I think it makes any conversation hard. Mm, mm, uh, but same, I think everyone's wired differently. Yeah. Right? You look, sure, it's a political party, but everyone's wired differently. They have different risk tolerances. They have different beliefs in like, you know, so much of like you see on LinkedIn, on Instagram, you know, you use money to make money. Mm, mm, you know, if you leave it in the bank, what the fuck is it doing? You know, yeah. you do this, you leverage debt and all this shit. Um, but PAP seems a lot more conservative. Like. In that way, like, yeah, yeah, but actually, we don't know. We yeah. think they're conservative, but we have no idea about the reserves. In some way, yeah, like between you and your wife, you know what's in the yeah. bank account, yeah. you know how much it is. Like, unless God, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I, I tell my wife, uh, I'm not going to tell you how much you have in the bank yeah, account, but we just need to save some yeah. more. We need to save <laughs> that's some right. more. <laughs> <laughs> we that's kicked right. out of the house, yeah, yeah, that's right. And I mean, I'm not saying that that's the dynamic, like, you know, maybe I'm the spend one, <laughs> I'm the one who wants to spend a lot, yeah. So uh, that's why I didn't, I didn't question a lot because I'll let you dig your own grave, yeah. I know, so. I was like, fuck, <laughs> shit, I gotta clear the air. <laughs> I'm not going to question you any further about the spending habits between you and your wife and who who is more like oh, PAP, shit. who is more like yeah. workers' party. You go and settle yourself. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that, um, say, yeah, you know, the idea of saving that, why, why it would be helped. In some ways, when opposition says that it helps the debate, right? Yeah. Why it would be helpful is to better understand, like, like how many COVID-like crises can we can we uh, deal with withstand uh, with uh, the current research we have? It's a bit like how, you know, that I think there's a, this adage in business or personal things like make sure that you have six months of yeah. like personal savings to cover six months of 
of living, like, right? Or six months of of cash flow, you know, for your company, like, right? That's the ideal, like, right? To get mm. to, um, yeah. So in, in some ways, not having the information does make it difficult to even understand, like, how 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 much we should allocate, like. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 one thing. And um, what do you think of that? The principle of like the fifty fifty split in the fifty percent say fifty percent spending of the NIR NIRC. Yeah. Wow, this one. I mean, like, uh, we are by no means economic experts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like it was set. I mean, okay, it sounds like there was a lot of debate that went on in the nineties and the early two thousands. But it does seem like okay, something that they decided maybe at that time it made sense, but. I, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been reviewed to think about oh whether that is still the best split la. yeah like uh, yeah I, I'm sure there was a lot of debate about why 50-50 mm-hmm. but now it almost feels like okay you've been, you're doing it 20 years ago yeah does it still make sense yeah yeah. Uh, so, so that's that's what it felt to me yeah for you yeah I mean I, I thought Lee Sen Long made very very strong arguments and strong points and everything his whole speech uh. but if you ask me that that fifty fifty his and the justification for it seems to be the the weakest the weakest point of the his argument so where it just seems like an arbitrary thing that was set because it's simple to understand and philosophically easy to to comp- comp- comprehend and all that but he did say one thing about how assuming a rate of return of four percent oh yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you take 50% of that, it's yeah. about 2%, yeah. which kind of matches the target growth rate for the economy. Correct. correct so in yeah. some way, it's the same share. La. Correct, correct. Yeah, correct. But, but that is like, to me, that is like sort of a, a back, uh, what do you call it? La? Calculating backwards, la, right? You uh, know, the idea of like, oh, we want to reach to match that, the the annual rate of return at 4% everything, la, right? Mm. But I think given that we are dealing with economists and, and the Ministry of Finance and all that, I think, like like what you say, like, like something that was set, you know, twenty years ago, arbitrarily or that, doesn't mean that it's set in stone forever, like, right? And mm. is there any room for it to, you know, in times of, like, a calculation for like in times of uh, higher inflation or something, does it float up a little bit or something like that? Mm. And all these things are, are, are can be calculated, like you know, I mean, you look at even the calculation for for ministerial salaries or something, it's actually like. <laughs> Wow, the mathematics, everything you got to look into it and understand medians and everything, and a little bit of statistics and blah blah. So yeah, if, if there's something where if if there was a stronger justification for that fifty percent, why it needs to be uh, as opposed to what it does sound now to the lay lay person like myself, it sounds like something that was set last time. It's simple. It's not broken. Why fix it, lah? Yeah, that could that I think that could can be a stronger argument, lah. But right now, it, to me, that was the the not so strong part of his argument. But then, why should our opinions as lay people matter? Yeah. I mean, PM Lee already said like the equivalent of like you know, happy you you go and vote, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's how he ended the speech, right? Yeah. He said for opposition parties calling for something otherwise, uh, I mean, then make it part of your mandate. Correct, correct. You know, go out. Uh, use it as part of your campaign and if the public votes you in, then you can change the constitution. But yeah. for now, the PAP is going to do what it does. Yeah. But I think it's important because you and I, uh, we are part of that, who they're talking to now. Uh-huh. In a sense, that, and this one, shout out to one of our listeners who pointed it out, right? They're watching Leong Man Wai deliver his speech also. One thing he noticed was very different from what, how, apparently how very different from how Leong Man Wai did do his speeches previously where when they address the parliament and they look around and talk to people, Leong Man Wai apparently this time was looking squarely at the camera a lot more, like, right? Mm. Almost like speaking to the public directly and using this very clearly as a platform and, and giving a hint of what they're going to be talking about for for the upcoming general election and all. Like. Mm. So I thought it was quite an interesting observation and um, it's true, like, right? It's really, if really one, one thing to, to strike while the iron is hot when people are talking about rising costs and, and why is the government not doing more and things like that this is the topic to really latch on like, right yeah. about like hey you know we know the reserves are there how come you're not how, why are you not doing anything more to to uh, help people now like, right yeah so to your question about why why does our layperson opinion matter I think we are trying our best to really understand the intricacies of it like, and hearing like watching a 44-minute video from Lee Sien Long talking about it and all that, right? Mm. Uh, most people are not going to try to understand uh, to that to that extent, right? Mm. And so, 
I think being able to explain everything very clearly and, and making it feel like a foolproof argument is going to matter a lot in the upcoming election, right? Because mm-hmm. they've got this, they have to produce these sound bites that, that people can take home with them and understand, oh, okay, this, oh, PSP is looking at me, oh, Workers' Party is raising good points, oh, PAP is correct about being uh, more prudent and things like that. Mm. So yeah, I think regardless of what we think about it, the, the general public, how they understand it is going to be very crucial in this coming year. Mm. But but then, you know, to to just think more about what the PAP stance is, right? Mm. Like, uh, I think one of the arguments was that it cannot be too transparent mm. because then uh, it becomes almost like a liability. Like, I don't think, I don't know whether it was mentioned in this parliament, but I know previously there was a whole argument that if you make it public and like other countries know, I mean, you you never know. La. Like one example that PM Lee gave was the war between Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. Right? Uh, and Ukraine right now, I think there's an estimate that it's costing them 100 million US a day. Yeah. And they're getting a shit ton of money from the US, from the uh, EU, each of which have their own debates internal. Mm. Uh, but I can imagine... You know the case, like let's say if you make your your uh what you might call it your treasury in info public, right? Mm. And if there's a hostile party out there, they almost know that okay, your company, I mean your your country, who Freudian sleeper, mm. uh, your country has this much reserves. You can almost plan better a way to kind of uh take over or attack or start a war or something like. Yeah. Um, and when he was saying that, I was like, hmm. Actually, yeah, is it a good thing for everyone to know the reserves? I don't know. Mm. I don't mm. know. But I think the downside to the opposite is that it just raises a lot of questions. Yeah. And yeah. it becomes a hard thing to defend. Basically, the, the message I got was like, okay, we know what we're doing. Yeah. Don't ask questions. If mm. you're not happy, you vote for Aragon, but we know what we're doing and we're not going to change. Mm. Then we're like, can we just know how much? Like what you say, even a multiplier, right? Yeah. Okay, we can, you know, we have a run rate of like 10 years or something. Mm. No, mm. we're not going to tell you that. Yeah. Because it is a strategic advantage to have it be mysterious. Mm. And I don't know. Mm. You know, sometimes too much info is also not good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah. when when you hear things like that, like, uh, as a layperson, do you think it does more harm than good? Uh, of like your, keeping your, the reserves a secret. La. Yeah. Like, even just, because ultimately people will vote on emotion, la, right? Yeah, yeah. Correct. It's not really logic. Uh, and I think that's the tricky thing. It can be logic, but there's a lot of emotion also. Mm. And now, I think all the politicians are, are aware, at least, or they should be, that emotion is going to be, play a big part. Mm. But now the emotion I get from watching it is like, hmm, yeah, is that, are we just doing something that we've been doing for 20 years without mm. any concern for letting us understand? Yeah. Should we even have a need to understand? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, I think, if anything, COVID, we talked earlier about people forgetting what COVID was and all that, right? Mm. I think COVID showed that um, having those reserves on standby uh, is more than just about spending money to prop up the economy. It literally put us at the front of the line to get vaccines yeah. or so. And I think maybe that's something that people have forgotten, right? That the fact that we had the money to just go out there and do it and, and, and all put us at the front line and, uh, you know, the first ones, one of the first ones in the world to to actually, like, be able to roll out a nationwide vaccine program and everything. Uh. Mm. And compared to other countries that were, you know, like, you know, were, were struggling to get the the, the vaccine and everything. Uh. Mm. So, yeah, you immediately can see there is, there is a strategic advantage to having um, those amount of reserves and, and for people to know that in the crisis, you have what it takes to back you up, like, right? So the reverse is true, lah, right? If people know that, you know, times are not great and your reserves are, have been depleted and everything, it does let people know that hey, you're a vulnerable position. Yeah. Now's a good time to now is a good time to, you know, uh, destabilize your your politics or your economy. And then, yeah, lah, shit hits the fan. Lah, yeah, you know? exactly. So so I I do see that there is a an argument for keeping your reserves secret because it is like a, a weapon that you, a secret weapon that you, you only take out when you really need it. No? Mm, it's mm. like the, you know, Transformers, the Matrix, uh, last time Optimus Prime, mm. only in your darkest hour then you use the Matrix. Then when they try to use it like at some random time, they, can, they cannot open it. La. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You remember the movie? You never watched it? Right? Uh, I, I watched the first one, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the one that Optimus Prime died. 
Oh, I don't remember, sir. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. You're playing too much sports in your childhood to appreciate <laughs> like, art. I was like, watch cartoons. Hey, come on, <laughs> la, please go outside, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so so I guess, and okay, and, and another thing is also, right, it's, it's almost like a tough sell. You're basically telling the general public now, many of whom are finding it tough, right, mm, mm. Uh, to be like, okay, you know, we still need to save for the future. Mm. when to the layperson like what the fuck is the future going to look like mm. like mm. Uh, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow mm. am I going to enjoy the things that I'm having to sacrifice now hard mm. to say right uh, at the same time we all don't know what it was like way back because I think that was also PM Lee's point he said you know the previous generation um, they almost had lives that were tougher like, you know they were yeah. poorer uh, I, th- I think that is also a very nuanced thing mm. because you know like yeah, yeah they, the general there was uh, uh, less income, the standard of living, you can argue, was worse. But now the challenges are almost different. Mm. So it almost feels like like uh, we are having to sacrifice what we are going through now in the hopes of the future. Mm. But just like how we cannot predict the next pandemic, we also cannot predict the future. Yeah. So then why wait? Mm. Mm. Why? Why? And that's a tough sell for the people, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right. And I think it's, it's all these things that we don't know, like we don't know the treasury amounts and, and all that. Uh, and I think compared to maybe 20 years ago, now people are more vocal mm. about what they're not happy with the government. So that's where it's tricky. Like, it's tricky. Yeah. I think it's then challenging for them. Man. It is. Uh, but, um, but that's where going to to the elections, I think this is a preview of like a lot of what will be, will be discussed no, between the parties. Because mm. uh, I mean, what you see here is in some sense, uh, Unity within the opposition parties, right? Mm. About this this particular topic, yeah. Right? yeah. So I'm sure these the things don't happen in vacuum. Also, they they also talk about what they want to push through in parliament and want to have both sides debate about, like Pritam Singh and Yong Man Wai also both spoke up quite clearly, like. But but then, do you ever is there a small part of you that thinks that oh shit, like like what you said just now? How many people might actually watch the 45 minute thing or really try and get to the crux of the issue? Yeah. Uh, not because I mean they don't care or something. It's just I mean this is part of our job, lah, right? Mm-hmm. So does it worry you that oh shit, if people are going to be voting purely emotionally, that's not good because sometimes you know we the current the younger generation now they get a lot of criticism for one thing: short term gain and not long term gain, lah. Mm. What's the short term gratification? Mm. What if this is just like short term gratification on a national scale? Then we're digging a hole for ourselves. Uh, yeah. So what you're, like, you're are you are you worried? Am I worried the, yeah. about what the opposition parties are proposing? In some way, yeah, or like whether people would react emotionally? Because emotionally, I would imagine, yeah, of course, spend now. Like, think things are hard, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a bit of you like thinking um, shit? Uh, I mean, I, I just understanding that this is an election year, right? Uh, I think you like like the observation about Leung Man Wai looking into the camera and all that. That's I think that's worth uh, remembering as you're watching these speeches as well. Uh, understanding that there is a a larger goal that they're all going towards. There there's a very immediate goal. Uh, it's not even long term. It's this year. It's happening already. Uh. Mm. So things are going to be said that that maybe um, will they? Does it mean that it will carry through to you know policy at fruition? It will carry through all the way to become a policy and everything. We're not sure, uh, Right. But during elections, a lot of things will and, and can and will be said, like, right? To mm. to try and get uh, voters to sympathize and, and everything also, like, right? Mm. So, yeah, I just have to be a bit more discerning also like, when listening to these to these speeches about mm. things and try to really think about what the intention of the speaker is. Uh. But like, like, did it leave you uneasy, the parliament debate? Uneasy? Uh. Uh, no, I, I I thought it's, this is something that has yeah, been... Tricks, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, remember during the presidential election, there was really a very big discussion about reserves also and the president's role in safeguarding the reserves. Yeah. So I think there already people are already starting to see that. They, like even in our podcast with like uh, Tan Kin Lian and Kok Song also, each of them have like, you know, they, they think they, they think a lot about the idea of the reserves and whether and, and the, pres- the idea of the president holding the second key. Mm. And just hearing each other how what they would do in, in that instance of like uh, working with the government in terms of safeguarding the reserves uh, I think it informed me a lot about like who I'd be voting for mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm That's sure it did for that. you also I'm, I hope 
our podcast also did help people also make a decision. Yeah. So I think it's uh I think it's part of the conversation and we don't need to be too afraid of 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 discussing these things, uh, but also just understand what what these people are all working towards. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it left me with a bit of unease because it just feels like now there's a almost a growing how do you say there's less trust in the government than maybe a few years ago. Mm. Uh feels mm. like it. And I think once you have less trust in any relationship, be it between partners, friends and all, it just makes you question everything else. Mm. So mm. in this case, it just felt a bit like like um are we uh, like uh like like the, the the trust is making me look at things sometimes a bit differently when maybe there's no reason to la. Mm. I think if that grows right, that's not good la. Mm. So so I think it, this is just an example of like you know sometimes when we we talk about certain policies or so certain ministers the way they conduct themselves like ministers from the PAP and you know, all it just erodes a bit of trust mm. a bit of trust here a bit of trust there but when it comes to matters like this all that accumulated erosions right it really can shape people's perspectives uh. yeah and that's what it just leaves me a bit like oof hmm. I mean, off the Shit. back of Iswaran and everything. Yeah. So I think it all adds up as it well. It all like, adds right? up. It all adds up. And that's where it feels like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, la, like, uh, uh, where where, where does this where does this go, man? Mm, mm. Yeah, so that was, that was a bit uneasy after that. Mm. The whole thing. Yeah. Whereas you're like, Chinese New Year! What? Ang pao for everyone. Ang pao for everyone. No, la, no. La. But yeah, I know I, I get what you mean. I get what mm. you mean. It's, uh, uh, we, I, I really hope people do understand a bit more to understand what they are voting for, like, right? Yeah, in some yeah. sense. Because if you have children and everything, you you won't be around to see a, the fruits of a lot of what is being planned now. So, like, yeah, right? But yeah, they right. will have to either enjoy it or deal with it, like, right? Depending on how, how things are. Yeah. And uh, it's not easy now, like. I think I, I look for I look to the future and yeah, like, I I you know, what where how are they gonna afford or buy their own property mm. and find a place to stay and if things get really competitive how is it going to be at the same time you know like Singapore Singapore's reputation for producing like really you know uh, you know top notch graduates and things like that has been is unparalleled like, right right mm. now in the world so Singapore Inc yeah so oh. so they also have the world as to you know as to think about like, as an oyster yeah. I think, like someone we met yesterday was like basically living in like three different countries basically pursuing his career and everything. Mm. And then, yeah, you tell you tell people from 20 years ago that this is your life, they'd be like, what What kind of, how, how is this even possible? Yeah, yeah. But it is possible. Digital nomads and, and, you know, global citizens, our passport is very welcome in a lot of places. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities for Singaporeans that we, we maybe take for granted. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, maybe people, maybe in the 90s, I don't know, I'm going off on a limb here, maybe people saw, okay, Singapore is going to be my home for the next 30, 40 years. Yeah. yeah. Now there's, it feels like there's less sentiment, right? Yeah. So then, yeah. then it be- it points back to like, okay, but if I'm not gonna, if I might not be here around for these savings to materialize, then mm. why, 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 why would I care? Yeah. So right. tricky, man. Yeah. Tricky. So yeah, I mean, we go from one uh one issue of like you know there not being enough information for people to make a decision to another extreme of like maybe too much information on on all sides from. From everyone involved in the topic, uh. Mm. Uh, well, what is this topic about? It is the ongoing uh, dispute between Mr. Coconut, mm. a very popular uh, local beverage brand, mm. and one of their ex-employees who uh, made a post on January 17th, I believe, mm. that, uh, that alleged that she was fired by Mr. Coconut. Uh, for being pregnant. Mm. I mean, she wrote quite a long post and kind of explained that, you know, uh, she, she was still on probation. She was taking unpaid leave because she was just sick and job performance, according to her direct manager, was fine. Mm. Uh, she did admit to, you know, once in a while lying down her table on her head on the table to rest. But uh, rather than go home, sometimes when it was close to the end of the day, she would just push on because she she needed the income. Yeah. Um, and then she was fired. Um yeah. uh, and basically she wants to press like sue Mr. Coconut for fifty three thousand dollars worth of damages. Mm, mm, mm. Uh then a few days later, uh Mr. Coconut oh no, uh, like almost like a, a, a three weeks later on seventh February, mm. Mr. Coconut made a Facebook page on their uh Mr. Coconut page. Yeah. Just saying that they have done their own internal investigation and 
um, that uh, uh, that was alleging that they terminated her because of pregnancy, they released like the performance info about this said person, mm. the pictures of her from CCTVs, like of her watching TV on the job, yeah. as well as the uh, certain uh, the the dates and timings of when she was fired versus when she was she made the post mm, mm, mm. So uh, I mean this this thing was a lot bigger than I thought it it was like when I first mm. chanced upon the article. Yeah. Uh, but but what made you want to talk about is uh? um I think it's a pretty interesting debate lah, right? Mm. And the fact that now um for for employee grievances. You sometimes like rather than going to the Tadem, the trade trade uh you know to dispute your um uh, your employment uh your your dispute your dispute your case uh with your employer and everything uh seems like social media is the battleground of choice la, for a lot of people mm. so I think she maybe fired the first salvo with her Facebook post but uh Mr Coconut you know as a company and everything has basically also decided to go public with uh, a lot of details, like, right, about her as an employee and the reasons, they, even down to like talking about how many times she takes smoke breaks and stuff like that, mm. like, right? That uh, almost, uh, made me almost feel like, is it necessary, like, right, on on Mr. Coconut's side to do this, like, right? Because almost literally even showing CCTV of her performance at work, which is like, wow, that's like, pretty extreme. Firstly, having a CCTV on your employees in the office said that you can even see what's on their computer and everything is one thing already. But then, after that, releasing it public as part of a dispute that they're having uh, that is still being addressed by Tadem, right? Hmm. Uh, it seems like a bit uh, extreme, right? Hmm. How about you? Like, why Why is this like, <laughs> why is this like, uh, risen up your rank of like, things to talk about? Uh, yeah, but because I mean nowadays like uh, yeah like what you say social media is the battleground for the layperson mm. maybe who might not have access to like you know lawyers and all that mm. you air your grievances uh, online la. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time I mean okay don't say most of the time there are instances when people yeah. air their grievances towards individuals or companies where we only hear one side yeah. right, and we don't hear the side of the company until because it's set out in court or because the person doesn't want to participate. Yeah. And it can totally shape your opinion of that person or company, even if they're innocent. Mm. So in this case, it's almost like Mr. Coconut was like, you want to play? Okay lah. Mm. I will play your game and I go public. Yeah. So part of me is like, oh, actually, is it is it good that they said, if you are trying to drag us through the mud, mm. we want to give justifications for how we acted and to highlight that, no lah, like, it's still in line with our values lah. Mm. So that's where I thought it was interesting, like because you know sometimes I do in the past. Uh, I can't remember whether we have spoken about, but you hear instances of companies like you know I think certain CEOs of tech companies in the West saying that if you don't bring politics to work, mm. I don't mm. care about your political ideologies, I don't care about your leanings. You just come to work. If you want to pro- do a protest or a march or something, you leave. Mm. I think Spotify, you know, with Joe Rogan's podcast, yeah, uh, Coinbase and all that. And in those instances, I'm always like, oh, okay, that's interesting that the company is taking a stance. Mm. Uh, whereas certain companies, you know, if everybody protests, then they just flip-flop. La, flip-flop. Mm. So in this case, I thought, hey, like, I don't I don't know when else this has happened in recent times. Mm. So I thought it was interesting. La. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can actually uh, point out certain things that maybe, I mean, it's all interesting, but I think there's certain things that I can point out that I, I didn't really... Uh, like seeing in Mr. Coconut's response, like, mm. okay, one one philosophically, because I think like if it's a like a private individual, like employee versus the company as an entity, like, right? Mm. I think the company has a lot more resources to you know have a legal department, yeah, look over things and and advise the company and all. That's one thing, and the company is like at the end of the day, company is a is is is, is an entity, like, right? It's not a person with children to go back to with uh friends to. To, to talk to about things and all. Mm. So the company doesn't need, has, doesn't have that that level, it won't face that level of like stress as compared to an individual person who is dragged through the mud, like, right? Of course the company, yeah, like, there's a management and all that, but that's part of the management's job, like, right? To deal with, with PR and, and all that. For so I, I think there already is a bit of an imbalance between a company mm. and an individual uh, dragging each other through the mud and making allegations like this, like. Uh, so that's one thing I I, I I think people should think about when they think about fairness in this instance, right? Mm. 
whatever you think about the the person, at the end of the day, she's you know she's a individual who has to deal with like the social aspects of this this fallout. Of course, you could say she brought it upon upon herself, dragging the company through. But yeah, like, like what you would hope is that she can end up like deal with it um, via institution like Tadem or something like right, mm. as opposed to social media. Okay. Uh, the second thing is like I did feel. Uh, yeah, la, the CCTV on employees already a big red flag to me, you know, in mm. terms of like not just about, even about trusting employees, but even just about like personal, um, yeah, your data protection, pri- your privacy, la, basically, right? You know, uh, granted, they said, oh, yeah, she's lying down, resting, or watching movie during her office time and things like that, but. But you know, half the time, even you and me, our work sometimes is does involve like watching videos in the office and things. If if every time I watch a video, you look over my shoulder, hey, how come you're not sending out that email or that? It'd be then fucking annoying or so, like, right? Because mm. maybe she's watching videos on coconut beverages. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm learning how to pitch better. You know <laughs> yeah, how to how to be a better HR or finance person. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think they give details like she was watching like Movie, dramas like, or something it? like that. Uh, but, but who knows? Maybe there's a a drama about coconuts or something. Yeah. But anyway, my point is that like, it doesn't fucking <laughs> it shouldn't be the fucking company's uh business like like if she does it. Um, whether it's on her her time or whatever like that, like mm. if 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 she has to answer an email after work hours or that, you know, like then you know, I mean, it's not like she can post a CCTV of her doing it and then say that you know, see, I work so many more hours, like, right? So why why penalize the person for you know even t- taking a, a a short break or something during the day, lah? Mm. Uh, so that and then plus the, I think also plus the the highlighting that her taking smoke breaks during the day or so, right? Uh, unless it's mandated that she cannot take smoke breaks, right? Then I think also be unfair, right? Because it doesn't put the context of what those smoke breaks uh, are about at all. Because sometimes, mm. sometimes, and that's something I've noticed in organizations or so, uh, a lot of times smoke breaks are not taken just alone. You take with your colleagues or something. And in some ways, uh, it's a sort of like uh, bonding time that these colleagues have and all. Mm. So who's to say that she is the one who initiated it? Maybe her colleague wanted her to go together with her or something, like right? You mm. know, and it's like part of the ingratiating yourself with the with the crew also, like right? You also all oh, let's all go together, go for lunch together, all this, all these kind of things are just part of like part of working with people, of being in an office. Mm. And if you want to be very black and white about it, uh, you can, but you must have the very, the rule very clearly black and white, like, like you cannot take smoke break. Then I see you, you put it in here. Then okay, like, You know, she violated a rule. But if it's one of those great area kind of things, trying to say that someone's not hardworking, I think it's a bit unfair. La. But the smoke break, the context I'm looking at the report was more related to the her account of the company knowing that she was pregnant. Mm, mm. Because it's literally under the section, Mr. Miss Carissa Tan's pregnancy was never a consideration. What Carissa Tan alleged was that she was fired because of pregnancy. What Mr. Coconut says is that they decided to fire her on 15 January mm. and she only informed them of the pregnancy on 16 January. Mm. And then the third point, um, in uh, in reality, and I quote, at the material time that the decision was made to not confirm her probation, no one had any reason to believe or suspect that Miss Carissa Tan was pregnant. From CCTV footages, she was also heavily smoking. Mm. So I don't know whether there was another part where they talked about her the literal instance of instances of her going smoking or whether it was to justify the fact that they don't believe or they had no reason to believe she was pregnant. But, um, I mean, you know how these things work. Sometimes mm. the mothers don't even know themselves until until much later, right? Mm. And I, I've known people who like, they were still drinking, drinking, next thing and they, they know, they're pregnant. pregnant yeah. Uh, yeah. And would you fault them for, for having mm. taken that drink? That's why I say that it's a, I feel like you're going to like people's private lives, that kind of territory and then trying to institute some kind of moral high ground when talking about these things like like, like you know oh, obviously you're smoking so you can't be pregnant you know that mm. kind of thing like, right mm. which I think is a yeah it's a moral judgment uh, mm. and then I don't think a company should be doing doing that like. you tell me like she go for such regular smoking breaks that's why her her work performance is bad then then okay like, you know that's a to me that's, that's an argument that we can make and then we can go into that have you told her before that smoke breaks are not good not uh, 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 no-nos in her work arrangement and she should not be going in. because I would still say that in some way if your colleague asks you to go for lunch um, you know would you would you say that staying in the office to finish your work and rejecting your colleague's offer to go for lunch 
necessarily is a better thing for your work performance. Mm. You know, just because you spend more time in front of a computer doesn't mean that you are a better colleague or a better worker. So, so then do you think like Mr. Kokan has any right to post any clarification? No, so I think they can. Mm-hmm. I think they can. But I'm just, that's why I'm pointing out some of these things I, I didn't find very, very kosher. La. Yeah, la. that's true. La. Because, yeah. I mean, CCTV, like a lot of officers have CCTV footage, uh, yes. cameras, right? Yes. Even yeah. hours, right? Yes. But I think I agree with you that to use it so blatantly when, I mean, CCTV should be about safety, la, right? Yeah. Uh, in the event of emergency. But to use it as evidence, it's like traced together, la, you know? Yeah. And is this evidence that saying that she, she worked performance poor? Yeah. Which is like, I'm like, wow. It's a it's a bit of a stretch to do that, la. Yeah, la. So I mean, okay, like, like I think I think you have a point that the way they did it was almost like they have all this info, and it is an entity against an individual, mm. But the the thing is, I mean, if she's trying to claim fifty three thousand, okay, the thing is, she's trying to claim fifty three thousand in the TADM, la, right? Mm. Which stands for what, la? Uh, tripartite Alliance for Dispute Management. Oh, lot I mean. uh, and, and obviously, you can tell that I have, <laughs> I've had my run-ins as well, lah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, la. I mean, I won't, I won't deny that yeah. I've, I've, yeah, there, there have been people who have, in my estimation, like unfairly, uh, reported things to, to Tadem, In, in mm. my estimation, was, an abuse of the process, lah. Right. Mm. Uh, but that's where, when I look at this, I feel like, hey, you know you don't have certain things you don't have to do if you already are talking to Tadam about it like there's certain things you don't have to put out in public like but this but if she if she, if let's say uh, an employer has one of their ex-employees post on Facebook and make mm. all these allegations mm. then I mean it's then they are disrespecting the process right if you go to Correct. DADM yeah. then you respect that process the moment you bring it to public is it like oh you all take it outside I take it outside also ah. yeah that's why I think I think Mr. Coconut they have every right to clarify. Mm. But yeah, the way they did it felt a bit like I don't know, it's it's not say disrespectful, it's not condescending, it's not abusive, but it's like uh, But it also tells you about what kind of employer they are, right? In what got, way? Yeah? Got CCTV on your staff. But CCTV got, on staff, I really think is not like a definite no no, if it's for the safety of the office. Correct, correct yeah. Right? But we'll post the CCTV. Yeah, so that is fucked up. <laughs> so that is fucked up. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. also not helping yourself in terms of like the the public perception per se. Mm. But that that's it. I mean a lot of people are very supportive of Mr. Coconut on their Facebook, you know, saying that they did nothing wrong and come I come and clap for you. Oh, let's go and eat let's go and have Mr. Coconut tomorrow and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's Team Coconut. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, actually, there's a lot. I mean, even the Facebook post, there's like uh, 2,300 shares, like 3K likes and all that. So yeah. I can see a lot of people saying, oh, you know, you stick it to the person, you know. Yeah. Uh, and in this day and age of like, you know, giving it to the man, you know, savage, being savage, keeping it real, this kind of thing is applauded. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, so, so I mean, I think on her part also, going public like that and I mean, okay, even the title of the post mm. apparently was, is it wrong to be pregnant? Is it a crime to be a woman? Mm. Why in the 21st century do I find myself subject to unjust treatment simply because I'm pregnant? Mm. On the, so, it, yeah, so it just feels like, yeah, this, this is messy. Uh, and it's it's he says, she says. Mm. So even like Mr. Coconut's in, investigation, the report and all, you know, I have to take it at face value. Lah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like what you said, like very explicitly, they say that, oh, you know, they they did not know she was pregnant, uh, because from CCTV footages, Miss Carissa Tang was still heavily smoking, more than three to four times a day, so there's a bit of a, I think it's a bit of a personal attack already, like, right, about mm-hmm. how someone, you know, saying that she's she can't possibly be pregnant, or that's how how she decides to. You know, treat her body when she's. But pregnant. so you're saying they should have been like a Michelle Obama when they go low, we go higher. Mm. Yeah, I, I no, I think there's a there's a bit of imbalance when it's a when when you are when you are the company that hired her and you have CCTV CCTV footage that you can use like that, like the fact that they used it uh raises some alarm bells for me like, You know, mm-hmm. you would definitely have much more power as the employer like, right? And of course, yeah, like, she has threatened to sue and she has disrespected the process and all that. But this one is delving to like personal attacks already. La. That's why I felt mm. like, wow, a bit, the whole thing's quite unsavory. La. But then they really got a lot of support, yeah? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this kind of thing, yeah, la, like, I I think, like, what that you do have a point that the way they did it, it felt like, okay, you are, 
using stuff that is meant to be more confidential or internal use mm. as a as public evidence like but at the, if they were to do this with the TADM, yeah. then it would be more palatable because like, it's still within that process. Yeah. The thing is, they did it in public. Yeah. And I mean, like, you can just say that you did not know that she was she was pregnant, like, right? Mm. Without putting in detail about her smoking three to four times heavily or anything like that, like, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I just find it funny. A lot of people on the comments say, wow, watch video at work. Wow, this one troublemaker. Ah, fuck you, <laughs> la, okay? I bet everybody at work like 99% of the people at work has at some point watched a meme or something or like a video. La. Yeah. Or even if it's your colleague sent it to you, like, hey, look at this, look at this. And you, you, you watch it, la, right? You know? Yeah. So I, I felt like, yeah, la, it's a bit of like, they have all the the cards because, yeah, la, they have CCTV mm. and all these things and they chose to use it in a bit of an unsavory way. La. Yeah. So, so, I mean, man, I mean, this one is not going to be solved anytime soon because it's still investigating, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, what a... But before CNY, Zamor. Yeah. Like, one week before. Pretty crappy for her, now that yeah. she's too. But I think Mr. Coconut, they got, they seem to have come out stronger. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's where... Us, us Grinch people. Yeah, and that's where, like, yeah, like, a bit of the imbalance as well, like, right? You know, they they swing, they try their best to swing public opinion in their favor, but they they may, may even reap some rewards from it, like, right? Yeah. Whatever you want to say about the the person whistleblowing, oh, not say whistleblowing, but, but threatening to sue them or so, she's not going to get more revenue or more job offers because of, of what happened here, mm. right? You know, especially the way it's been portrayed or so. Yeah, I mean, even us talking about Mr. Coconut on the podcast. Yeah, there's publicity right there. Are you a fan of Mr. Coconut? Uh, Was, was back then, when it first started. You know, uh-huh. um, there was like this, I think a sh- bit of a sugar rush and trying to get away from bubble tea and everything, like, right? Mm. Uh, but now, I, yeah, like no zero desire to have it already. Yeah. I think yeah. it's I, too much. Really. I think I tried it last year because they were offering something for your birthday month. Uh. Oh, yeah? So let me just try it. I mean, I tried it once. I was like, yeah. still like my kopi and teh. Yeah. Or, you ju- or just the, the pure coconut by itself, like, right? Yeah, yeah. The, from Mr. Coconut? No, no, no. As in just like you coconut go and buy coconut. Yeah, coconut drink. But coconut water and coconut, Mr. Coconut different. No, no, no. Coconut water. I mean like you buy actual coconut and... and Drink and eat a, a real coconut. La. But that one is not coconut milk. La. Uh, Correct, it's not coconut. But they also offer just coconut, coconut water. water. I thought yeah, their yeah. famous thing is the coconut milk yeah, plus water correct, thing. Correct, correct, the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, coconut. But yeah, la. are you going to support and go and have some, just like a lot of people in the comments are saying no. you're going to do? I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to go out of my way. Uh, I'm not the biggest, uh, whatchamacallit, Mr. Coconut fan anyway. Literally. As a drink, la, as a drink. You say that now. Wait until I find the CCTV footage of you having Mr. Coconut this Chinese year. You go and I will post it publicly and post. shame you for lying. You go and post. <laughs> you go and post. Then I will find a video of uh, what? Uh? Of me watching video. A lot. Watching video. A lot. Watching video at work. Go on, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. But but yeah. But yeah. Interesting. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, yeah. But speaking of interesting, what is your one short comment? to bring people into the Chinese, uh, you know, this Chinese New Year holiday? Uh, my one short comment was something posted by, uh, on our Reddit by True Neighborhood 3540. Um, mm. I don't know whether they've posted before, so thanks for posting. That actually generated quite a lot of comments, man. The title of the, the post is, uh, We Love mm. Singapore More Than yeah. We Realize. How much do you think this is true? Uh, or no way. This is just bullshit. Is there anyone you might know that loves Singapore more than you realize? Who are they? What and what do they do? And like, quite a lot of people like just commented uh, uh, and joined in the discussion. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, I mean, some were just one-liners like, you know, like, isn't this basically every country? Uh, Not saying government is perfect, but it's always easier to complain. Blah, blah. So I thought, hey, actually this this is kind of cool. And even got people like, uh, who have lived overseas, like in Amsterdam, sharing their thoughts. Mm. Interesting. So, so I always like it when discussions take a life of its own. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite nice. Like, like, yeah, I was quite shocked that so many people responded and everything also, like, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and what about you, man? Uh, it's also from the Reddit on episode 490 mm. about the police office suicide and, and the idea of NTU being a tourist attraction. Um, I think uh, Nayat, Nayat Cat, uh, mm. Nayat Cat, uh, you know, uh, has uh, has also weighed in talking about how, you know, the issue is that there are no clear parameters or criteria as to when a COI should be conducted. 
It's so subjective now. There's no shaking of the feeling. It's generally conducted for the existing government to strengthen their hand and make the opposition look bad. Why can't we make it more transparent, transparent and clearer criteria? And talking about, you know, if, if we aim to be a first world country, accountability, having clear criteria makes it easier. And we don't have to waste parliament time debating, asking these type of questions, which is a good point, mm. you know. Um, if every time there's a big issue, like, then let there just be a COI and, and, and deal with it. Like, then we don't have to keep talking. We spend so much time like like we did in parliament laying out all the facts of this issue, like, right? Let mm. the COI do it, like, mm. which is true, like, right? As yeah. opposed to more like the real bread and butter issues like what we've seen the last the last day or so, like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Rather than talk one, just one specific case and, and one instance, yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's, that's true. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, and then, I mean, yeah, uh, Nightcat also goes on to a lot of points. Also interesting uh, reminders that, that there have been uh, questionable uh, police procedures like in the past with Pati Liani, uh, where a CNB case where a youth committed suicide after questioning and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it, it is worth uh, questioning how your institutions conduct themselves as well, mm. right? In light of all these. Wow. But yeah, thank you for this very long and, Night and cat. interesting That's, comment. I guess, homage to the Nyan cat lah. I suppose so. I I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it properly. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's like French Night a cat or something like that. Night yeah. a cat. Yeah. Um but yes. Cool, and what man. is your one shook thing? Uh my one shook thing uh was um so because I mean like after after the Coldplay concert and all, mm-hmm. I was just looking up videos online of like other live performances of bands and mm. singers and all. And I came across this uh one video of uh Steven Tyler mm. from Aerosmith mm. who performed at uh, Howard Stern's 60th birthday bash in yes. 2023 and he sang Dream On with Slash. Oh, is it? Oh. And like, wow, like Steven Tyler, I think at that point in time, how old is he? Uh? Um, Steven Tyler, he's 75 years old. Wow. So that was like last year mm. and he still, you can tell like his voice has taken kind of like a, it's a, bit, it's a bit not as powerful, but you know that song, like, Dream On, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, fuck, the way they perform, then Slash comes out and it is insane, man. Mm. Uh, it, it was insane. I think now it's like 95 million views. Mm. Mm. Wow, that song, uh, you listen, you feel you can do anything. Sir. Yeah. So and he's it, like, he's quite quite older than you. Yeah, he's like, who, Houston or? No, no, no. Uh, Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. He was 74. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, I think I uh, saw a video of him perform recently. Wow, he really looks. Fucking like 74. A, yeah, he lo- does look the age, huh? Yeah, he saw that partying like, alcohol. He, he, he looks like that age, yeah. huh? but crazy, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, oh, wait. What does it say? 2014. When did it happen? Is it 2014? Oh, there's an article <laughs> on the musician.uk. Okay, so it's either 2014 yeah. or 20. Fucking hell. How old is Howard Stern? Okay, let me confirm this. Mm. Oh shit, it was 2014. Oh, so your one should think so, is 10 years, from 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. So, <laughs> Liv, uh, Steven Tyler was, um, uh, what you call it, uh, 65. I did. Oh, okay, okay. But still, still. Still, yeah. Still, still. man. Active aging, man. Yeah, active, active aging. aging. But, uh, yeah, man. Mm. That was my one short thing. What about you? Uh, mine is a podcast that I came across recently on YouTube called The High Performance Podcast. It's a podcast hosted, hosted by Jake Humphrey and Professor Damien Hughes. Mm. Uh, they say, we turn the lived experience of the planet's highest performers into your life lessons. So I listened to it because um, the lead singer or the front man of uh, the one my, my favorite band, Take That, uh, was interviewed in it. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've followed Take That for many, many years and uh, always just kind of like, even the interviews all that, I'm like, okay, la, it's just whatever, la, kind of boring. Not say boring, but I kind of know the story already. haven't, hasn't been told in any ways. Um, but they did an interview with uh, Gary Barlow and, and I thought it was a really, they did really well as interviewers, lah, right? Mm. And this podcast, I, I felt like the question, the follow-up questions they did and, and how they made, how they gave him space to talk about things that uh, weren't easy to talk about, you know, like about uh, about his own uh, depression and, and, and how he works with uh, his own bandmates and insecurities and things like that. Mm. There were a lot of nuggets that I never knew of or heard of or found interesting that came out in this podcast because of the way the interviewers asked the questions. Uh. Mm. Uh, and um, just, I haven't seen the others on their channel, but they... 
I think they have a very strong UK slant like their podcast because they're based there. So they interview people like Scott Bittomine from Man U, mm. James Milner from Man City, mm. the F1, uh, Mercedes F1 boss, uh, Ali Abidal, your favorite. Oh, also, yeah. So I think it's quite interesting. Different, different voice from the typical guests that you get on Joe Rogan and all. And they focus, I think they focus a lot on um, how to, yeah, they call it high performance, but it's a lot on how to how to just uh, live your live your best life, like, right? Oh, in terms of okay. even in the, the darkest moments and how to, uh, not just for the person himself, but how if you're a family member of someone who's going through dark periods, about how they can, how they can support you and things like that. So it was it was quite interesting, like, the way they asked all these questions and, and really focused it on how to live your best life like, in whatever and, and, situation you're in. And how did yeah. you come across this podcast? Came out of my feet. Like. I guess I've been More just... Feet. My YouTube feed, lah. Oh, your YouTube feed. So yeah, it was. I thought it was a like yeah, them them good podcast. And how long is each one? About hourish. Yeah. Then they just recently got Francis and Ganu like oh. a few days ago, couple of days ago. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to listening to the rest of them. Wow. Oh, yeah. Solid. Uh, but yeah, um, that's cool. That's, that's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, our podcast before the CNY break. Yeah. If we're accompanying you through this very, if it's a very lonely period over CNY, mm. uh, yeah, you know, you have us here as your as your buddies. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just uh, never forget, yeah, we're, we're here for you. Never forget. <laughs> yeah, never forget. You never walk alone. alone. Yeah. yeah. You'll ne- uh, yeah. Oh, In this yeah. case, you will never, <laughs> you'll never have long weekend alone. Alone, yeah. Never have long weekend alone. So yeah, if you uh, enjoyed the podcast, as always, remember to share, remember to tell people about us, and mm. if you want to work with us, reach out to contact at ministryoffunny.com. Yes. All right. So what, what's a good festive greeting? Kong si fa chai. Kong si fa chai, yeah. Sing, sing, uh, sing yen kuai le. Sing yen kuai le, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. One shiru yi. One shiru yi. Yeah. Okay, Ken. One shiru yi. <laughs> Sweet. What's that? Hmm? What's that? What's that? What's, what's one shiru yi? Uh, I mean... 10,000 of your dreams to come true. Yeah. Nice. Of your intentions to come true. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Happy Chinese New Year, Terrence, yeah. Tristan, and yeah. to everybody out there. Bye-bye.